0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. We have a very special sponsored episode today. I am joined as I often am by my wonderful co-hosts and collaborators, Ryan Donovan and Cassidy Williams. Hi, y'all.
1: Hello. I'm excited to be here for this one.
0: Yes, Cassidy, we had (laughs) to invite you on. So we're going to be doing a sponsored podcast series. First time we've tried that out with Logitech And a lot of it is about keyboards, which is near and dear to your heart. So today we're going to be chatting a little bit about mechanical keyboards, where you're a specialist, and efforts to sort of build them with developers in mind to enhance productivity. So yeah, should be good. All right. Without further ado, I'd like to invite on our two guests, Olivia and Julio. Hello. Hey, everyone. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you both as well. So, let the folks who are listening know a little bit about you. How did you get into this world of keyboards? What brought you here, and what is it you do day to day in your current role at Logitech?
2: So, my name is Olivia Hildbrand. I'm a global product manager at Logitech, focusing on developing keyboards for the past four years, and recently the MX mechanical.
3: Hi there. So, I'm Julio, Julio Barresi. I've been Working at Logitech now for yeah quite some years. I'm a lead UX designer working in the Master Series uh, portfolio for now the past three years with this incredible team, helping Olivia and other product owners bringing uh, our best best experiences to life, ranging from hardware to software.
0: For both of you, what was it that brought you to a career working on keyboards? Did you fall in love with them the first time you ever touched them? Did you work in other hardware and then transition to this? Like you know, this is a very specific tool that I think most people or many people use every day without really thinking about. So what brought you to this sort of focus?
3: I'm maybe less focused on keyboards specifically. I really look at like how our users uh, interact with computers in general or, you know, technology. So I've been working on keyboards with Olivia, she's really a keyboard specialist, I'd say. But not only, so I really work on like defining the and working on the ecosystem of, of devices that our users use at the desk and, and beyond. Gotcha. And Olivia, how about you?
2: For me, so it started four years ago, looking at what it is to be a premium keyboard. And this is why we first launched MX Keys. And I'm actually fascinated by how do we use those keyboards every day? What does it make it performing? What does it make it... That you get back to it and you feel like you're performing and it's all about understanding our users' needs and try to translate them with useful shortcuts and tools. And also it's all about the tactility behind it. And yeah, I find it fascinating. And We've been going from MX Keys to MX Keys Mini and now MX Mechanical. I must say I became a true geek on keyboards <laughs> the past <laughs> years.
0: I have, a, I have a confession. I have never used a mechanical keyboard. I'm not sure I've even seen one. Ryan, Um,
1: we've been on this podcast together for a very long time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. What's the appeal? I know Cassidy is obsessed. What gets people so obsessed about them?
2: You know, when we started to, to discuss with those users that love mechanical keyboards, I can tell you, you you had stars in their eyes. They were so emotional about it, as you are, Cassidy. It's about this tactility. It's, It's about feeling performance. It's about feeling what just happened. And it's kind of reassuring to them. And they just want to keep that going, right? It's about like sharing this moment, this instant. And it's quite personal in a way. And they get into that world from very early on as gamers, for example. And now they have grown up and they're getting into that professional world and they don't want to compromise on this tactility that they got earlier on. They're coming in this professional world and they want to keep it. And that's why we were coming with Max Mechanical.
3: I think for us, it was really sort of, we really asked ourselves, hey, how do we sort of bring that sort of next typing experience? and you know, like bringing Me- MX Mechanical was a bit of making a statement, right, of what should be the the sort of ultimate typing experience. And, you know, so we believe that this proposal is really, as Olivier was saying, something that, yeah, is without compromise the, the sort of best typing you can get.
0: I can understand from a gamer's perspective, you know, that they need feedback and there's, there's issues of latency and, you know, professional gamers do... Hand exercises to get up there, you know, actions per minute as they're like, you know, moving their way around the keyboard. Did y'all do any sort of like research? It sounds like you talked to you know customers and users to understand what produces productivity or what gives people that you know sort of like you said pleasurable sensation that keeps them in the flow state at work. Like, what kind of research and and user feedback led you to design the keyboard the way you did?
3: Oh, thank you for the question, Benjamin. I think you know we. We're like a design-centered company, and we really want to make sure that we provide the right sort of experience to our users. And everyone was passionate about the topic, and everyone had their own opinion of how this keyboard should look like. And we had a lot of debates internally, um, you know, <laughs> what was the right decision to make? And there are so many options and so many things we could go about, right? And so, as you said, like, we were like, okay, no, We have to take a user-first approach, and we're really talking to developers in this case. Our gaming colleagues, they have a lot of knowledge about, you know, mechanical keyboards, and I was like, awesome resources for for us to kind of, you know, work with them and look into what would be the best ingredients, but really apply to a productivity environment. So we did quantitative and qualitative research, of course, and really tried to understand, you know, what people valued and what were the problems we could identify and try to solve for them uh, with this proposal. So I'd say, you know, we always start by user learnings in different
0: ways. I guess if I could just, yeah, dive one layer deeper, like what were some things where you had to make a choice between, you know, some users wanted this and some users wanted that, like any specifics you can tell us from the research that was like, well, you know, having learned this about gamers and this about coders, we're going to build the keyboard this way. Yeah,
3: there was one, probably one big difference in it was really around the formats and what size and you saw we launched two sizes right so Mm. we made the decision to actually do that and I don't know if that was taken for granted at at the beginning and we went incognito on forums and like into specialized communities and tried to figure out what was going on there and you know people were posting a lot of like keyboards and Cassidy you have have a series of keyboards behind you with all different sizes and formats and we <laughs> saw that more extreme you were and more you would go with a smaller format and basically press a bunch of key combinations to get to an action i think the most extreme was like a 45 percent keyboard meaning you would have like four rows of keys and triple function of some of them <laughs> and, and and we were like wow that's really, really fun and it looks really good right they look yeah. cool but then it was like hey we need to make something that is useful and usable by most right but i think that's typically one of the things that was surprising to us and see so you know how how some folks had optimized the travel between the keys basically by making it so small which informed some of the design decisions we made on the final product
0: Cassidy, for folks who don't know, you were pointing to one in the background here. What kind of sizes do you play with? And when you get to that small size where you're lacking keys, what what do you enjoy about (laughs) that?
1: (laughs) Well, I think the smallest keyboard I have is a Plank, which is one of those 40% sized keyboards. And... What I like about the smaller form factor is that because it has so many layers, it's kind of like on your phone keyboard, where on your phone, you when you hit like the symbols key, suddenly your symbols and numbers are on a different layer. It's the same thing, only your keycap legends don't change. So you do have to kind of remember it. But because it's smaller... You can choose how much you want to move your hands around. And it's nice to kind of have everything right on the home row where your fingers only have to move up and down and that's it. You never have to actually move your wrists because you don't have to move side to side. And I switch between like keyboards as small as that or the much larger ones. And I got to say, every time I move to the much larger ones, I'm just like, yes, it's convenient that I just have to reach over and hit the arrow keys, but ugh. It's so slow because I have to move <laughs> over there. And so, yeah, the, having having the different sizes, I think, is very important.
2: That's very interesting because we got exactly the same feedback. If you look at the way we've designed, so you have the mini size and then you have the full size. But even for the full size, it's smaller than traditional full size mechanical keyboards. We've removed the space between the F row and the alf- alphabetical keys for that exact same reason. People do not want to travel their hands around. And this is also why we have two tones of keycaps to help you with peripheral view, kind of see where you are on your keyboard, but without the need to necessarily look at your keys. So that was also an important decision in terms of the design of the keyboard, making sure that, you know, you can see where you are and not move too much your hands around.
0: And sorry, just for folks who don't know, what are the two sort of views you're talking about there? Can you? So
2: when we, we talk about the alphabetical, bringing out the keyboard, um, it's really about uh, this space between uh, the top row, which we call the F row, and then mm. the E row, which is where you have your number of keys. For example, in mechanical keyboards, you have a separation between F1 to F4 and F5 to F8 but physical separation. And here we're bringing everything close together and it's just easier for people to access. And then the dual tone helps you to know, okay, I'm on F4 or I'm on F8.
0: I got you. You have this visual cue with the tones to keep people, as things are brought closer together, you have that to help them avoid making mistakes.
3: Exactly. And they're like references to some old school designs. You know, like we try to bring some some sort of old references, like highlighting modifier keys. And as Olivia was saying, these these kind of packs of four F keys, bringing some of those kind of software geek references into uh, into this keyboard, right? This is ringing a bell. I don't remember when it
0: was, but the separated F keys now is like triggering some ancient childhood memory.
1: No, because I am one of those software geeks. Is this a keyboard that let's just say I wanted to change things up? Is it programmable where I could move keys around or anything if I wanted to? We have this software, Logic Options Plus, that allows
2: you to remap everything you have on the F row. So you can decide that it does something else, like reload your your code. And then we also have all the keys you like the most, like home and page up and, sh- and page down to go through your codes. But then, yeah, we we have added features. Yeah, to some extent, you can add new functionalities. But we also added some new ones like emoji to allow you to, I don't know, use a bit more uh, character to your messages with your colleagues or your friends <laughs> and messengers. And it doesn't have
0: to mm. be just text. That's an interesting point because you're saying, well, often when I think of mechanical keyboards and in the discussions, Cassidy, it's almost like a retro feel. I want something that's like, Reminding me of these older keyboards that were a bit more tactile, a bit more like punchy. But then... i a typewriter feel. Yeah, exactly. But then it'd be interesting to bring in the modern stuff. I do always want emoji. My least favorite keyboard experience of all time was the Mac with the like digital row. Like it was just... I just couldn't the stand bar. it. With a touch bar. And I didn't anticipate And they took away my that.
1: escape key. <laughs> yeah. But now
0: that, now that I don't have to deal with it, like it is just so much more sad. Like that really... Rub me the wrong way after owning it for a couple of years
1: yeah well and like i'm gonna pull up another keyboard visual and and for example this is the keyboard that i'm using right now and i programmed it so that way hkjl if i'm using anything somewhat vim style i could use hkjl as my arrow keys mm. and play around with it that way and so depending on the keyboard size that you use and stuff i i, I like being able to program everything just in case and and I often make like a certain function key plus like the M key will be mute or or different media keys and stuff like that.
0: That's really cool. And you also have your little visual reminder. You got the green there in case somebody's using it and they're not they don't yeah. know what they're getting. Yeah, into. there's
1: definitely yeah. people who look down at my keyboard they're like what am I doing? I'm like type normally, don't worry <laughs> about it. And then if you right. want to get deeper, I'll <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I guess you, you've you been through a few iterations, like you said, now different sizes and then moving to mechanical from the research and, and from the user feedback, like what's coming next? Like, are there areas where, for example, as Cassie's pointing out, you know, in a development environment, certain things are really going to pay dividends or, you know, now that you've gone mechanical, the next step would be to go I don't know what's past that ultra mechanical, customizable, hot swappable, but like from the learnings you've had over these, these first three keyboards, the MX and the mini and the mechanical, what are you excited for in the future as you continue this research
3: and and continue to chat with users? (laughs) That's a good question. Well, first of all, I think you can do quite a lot already with, with the keyboard. And, you know, as Oliver was mentioning, like, Reprogramming some of them, some of those keys, and doing that also per app, if you'd like, that's something that we Mm -hmm. you can do uh, with Logi Options Plus. But hey, well, it's working on something, right? So uh, you'll probably see something in the future. Now, uh, I'd say we've already jumped a step. We at the beginning we were, you know, we're thinking about what type of keys we want to go with, and uh, we went low profile directly, and for us it was like that's the future, right? That's really how we th- felt about it. So that's that was our stand, at least for this product. You all talked about personalization and Cassidy had the uh, the green row there. Have you seen other interesting personalizations
0: that you thought were you know useful or just plain fun?
2: We see quite a lot of people changing their escape key to something else, for example, as a, as a big standout. And when I've built my, my own mechanical keyboard at the beginning of, of the project, just to understand what is a mechanical keyboard what what is it made of i had a, a watermelon escape key which i truly really love <laughs> but it's it's all about making it your own and customization personalization is huge we see it everywhere cassidy you i love <laughs> your background with all those keyboards we see quite a lot of people just as passionate as you to be able I to do it. it. Game Boy is my escape key here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so it's that's why also we have those cross-stem switches, because it allows our users, even if it's low profile, you can find third-party keycaps. We didn't go that route for sustainability reasons. Our keyboard is the most sustainable mechanical keyboard made, and we wanted to be true to what we are looking for in terms of sustainability, our goals, but it doesn't mean that it prevents people to to customize. So we're looking forward to see what will come up in the next months. You know, we launched maybe six weeks ago, five weeks ago, and looking at what are people doing with it and getting the feel of how is it going for them.
1: And kind of going back to your older question, Ryan, like for the what is a big deal, why would people... Use a mechanical keyboard. I think that customizability is a huge factor in that because, like, for the switches, you can choose if you want like quiet or like linear switches or clicky switches, and you can choose which kind of feel you have. And then also just the keycaps, the look. There's this moment when you're typing with a mechanical keyboard where you're, you kind of, it hits you. I'm enjoying typing right now. This is kind of fun. It's really exciting when that happens. There've been times where I'll like put my keyboard in front of something and I'll in front of a person and I'll say, "Hey, will you write this email mail or will you take me to the website that you were talking about or something like that?" And they will be typing and then they'll stop for a second and say, "This is a nice keyboard." And getting <laughs> getting that reaction is so satisfying because it it's so fun to be able to kind of share that with people and just have an enjoyable typing experience because we type all the time these days.
0: I may finally have to go this route because I've had this conversation with you a few times and I was just sort of like, this is not for me, (laughs) but it's true. Like My keyboard is just totally utilitarian. I don't think about it, except that when I did move from the old Mac with the the touch bar to this one, I realized how much more I sort of enjoyed it and how I'd found the old one frustrating. So maybe I need to go that one step further where it's like every time I sit down to type. It, like, motivates me or
3: something. You're happy. Hey, Cassidy, when you say that we type a lot these days, like, think about it as a developer. I guess that's your primary interface with a computer, right? You probably use it almost more than a mouse, you know, as a developer, right? I do. uh,
1: Yeah. It's the tool to, to use. And you might as well use tools that not only, like, look good, feel good and stuff, but also will last. Because there's been such a trend of the rubber dome keyboards that will fall apart after, I don't know, like three years just because they aren't designed to last. But with mechanical switches, those things will last a decade. They'll last two decades. They'll last a really, really long time. And I think that's a very powerful thing in this day and age of just like planned obsolescence.
0: Cassie, do you ever do like kind of empirical research on how fast you're typing with a certain keyboard or whether or not it like boosts? Do you like, I remember you telling me once you had like a speed record on a certain keyboard, but how do you measure your productivity that way?
1: I've stopped myself because it was distracting, but (laughs) it's something that I'm very interested in. And I recently got a keyboard that I'm going to try to make a stenography keyboard to try to like do the corded typing to see if I could type any faster. But Truly from a hobby perspective and I don't want to optimize it because I will get so deep in trying to fix it. It's very (laughs) dumb. This is not related to work, but I like to play Tetris a lot still and uh, figuring out your speed while playing Tetris and being able to rotate pieces and move and stuff. is very important. And I definitely know that I play significantly better on a mechanical keyboard than a laptop one. And so if ever I'm trying to improve my time on a certain way, I know which keyboards I'm going to use to practice. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: You've got your Tetris keyboard set to the side.
1: It's very important. (laughs) I feel like I could talk to you both for a lot longer. So I will cut myself off and just ask, what is your favorite thing about the new keyboard?
3: <laughs> That's a good question. You know, I've been working on this project for so long. I think I'm really happy about where we got in terms of design and look. I think it, it's looking really cool. And but beyond looking cool, I think it's it's completing its mission of really sort of serving the audience, right? And doing that well. And we're super excited about you know getting into the hands of people and getting getting their feedback about it. And I'm really in love with our compact formats. And uh, you know that's the one I use regularly. So yeah, I'm still trying to look for, uh, I'm looking for a unicorn keycap. So if anyone knows where okay, I could yeah. get a unicorn shaped keycap to replace my escape key, just shoot me a message. because I'm looking for that one. You're on the call with the right person. <laughs> so we'll take that <laughs> offline. <laughs> but no, I'm really excited about it. In general, I think we've done a... Done a good job. Looking forward to feedback from our users out there.
1: What
2: about you, Olivia? What's your favorite part of the keyboard? I just like how it changes to the light, depending on how you put it on the desk and the different angles you see it. It's it's not just a dull keyboard on your desk. It's kind of living throughout the day. Depending on the angle, you can see well the, the dual tones. And personally, I'm using emoji quite a lot and screen capture. I don't know if you saw, but we have been capture red right at the top of the keyboard and it's allowing me to instead of having this keyboard shortcut, I just have it instantly and I've been so much faster. That's what I've been liking. what well, I, I love most is seeing people loving this keyboard and giving us feedback on things that we spoke about for months and months. So I'm looking forward for more more feedback to always make it better.
0: All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm going to take us to the outro. We always like to thank the winner of a lifeboat badge, somebody who came on Stack Overflow and helped to save some knowledge from the dustbin of history, share it with other folks and ensure that they can get their jobs done. All right. Awarded 28 minutes ago to Martin Smith, the inquisitive badge, ask a well-received question on 30 separate days and maintain a positive question record. Martin, thanks for being so curious. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. I am Ben Popper, Director of Content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. Email us with questions or suggestions, podcast at Stack Overflow. And if you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. I'm Ryan Donovan. I edit the blog here at Stack Overflow. You can find me on Twitter at Donovan. And if you have a great idea for a blog post, please email me at pitches at stackoverflow.com.
1: I'm Cassidy Williams. You can find me at Cassidoo, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O, on most things. And I do developer experience at Remote and OSS Capital.
2: So my name is Olivia Hildebrand, Global Product Manager at Logitech for MX Keyboards. I'm on LinkedIn if you want to chat about keyboards. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be continuing looking at uh, posts online.
3: I'm Giulio Baresi. I'm a Lead UX Designer overseeing UX for the master series at Logitech and if you have some feedback you can always like slide it into my DMs on LinkedIn or on social media <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright everybody well thanks so much for coming on this is a very exciting topic for us and we have a bunch more episodes so we're excited to continue chatting everybody else thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon
3: bye, bye. bye.